0: Temple, let all the earth keep silence before him. Keep silence, keep silence, keep silence before him. Sing it again
1: the Lord
2: have chosen to be here this morning. If you are visiting with us, we are particularly glad you're here and we hope that you'll give us a chance to get to know you. If you are just passing through or looking for a church home, we would invite you to come back again. If this is your first time uh, here, we'd ask you to take one of the attendance cards as a visitor back to the back Um, in the lobby and give it to the information booth and they've got a special gift for you. We'd also invite all of our members to go ahead and check in at the number uh, on the screen 469-476-5331. You know one of the fun things that we get to do as elders is celebrate successes and this last weekend's Telling the Story conference is certainly worthy of celebration. It was a wonderful weekend, um, amazing response. We had over 700 registrants. We had represented over 80 different congregations that uh, people came from all over the country. We had amazing speakers, men and women from the Brotherhood, from all over the country. We also had people from this congregation. We had all of our ministers, all of our staff, a number of volunteers involved and it was something certainly um, God was glorified uh, last weekend and to him all the glory and the credit needs to be given. The list of names is long of those who participated and I won't dare try to give them all but I do want to recognize Jacob Hawk. Um, he is our adult, uh, young adults and singles minister but he also acted as the director of this conference and. He took it from an idea a year ago to an amazing event last weekend, and we want to be sure and thank him, so thank you to Jacob. We are truly blessed as a congregation. We can go down the list of all the many blessings, but there are those in our number always who are struggling and seeking prayers, and whether it be prayers for healing, prayers for reconciliation with Loved ones, prayers for job security, loneliness, the list goes on and on. We can be thankful, however, that we have a God who is in fact holy and powerful. And we have access to that power as children of his. Isaiah speaks to that. In Isaiah 6, the second half of verse 3, we're going to read this as we enter into our worship. Holy, holy, holy is Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, to read that you are holy gives us great comfort. Father, to believe that your glory surrounds us gives us an overwhelming sense of peace and to know that you are our salvation gives us an abundance of joy and and really, Father, an eager anticipation. And We are so grateful that we can call you our Father. We ask your blessings on this congregation and all those who worship and serve here. May each of us seek to do your will daily and to be the hands and feet of Jesus while we are here on earth. Father, we pray that you will take our lives and use us to love and to serve you and all people in the power of your spirit and in the name of your son. Father, we ask that you would increase our knowledge of your word and your truth and our experiences of your love. Thank you for the many, many blessings that you give us. And we ask that you would grant comfort for those who are hurting and healing, for those who are ill, peace for those who have turmoil in their lives and hope for those with doubt. We pray that kindness and empathy and understanding will abound. And Father, that you will bless our country and that we will find a place of love and harmony. Now, Father, I pray that you will be with this worship and bless it. Bless our prayers and our songs and our communion and the word we study. We thank you for Jesus, and it's in his holy name that we offer this prayer. Amen. Holy, holy, holy.
0: We're going to sing one more song, and as we enter into our time of communion this morning, and then Jesse Chestnut will lead us around the bread and cup this morning. Ladies, start this song. Lost
3: Good morning, church. It's been a challenging week, um, but I am so thankful, uh, so thankful for this church and this body of believers and that we have the opportunity to come together and, and, and worship our God. And, and at this time, we focus on the sacrifice uh, that was, was made. Uh, on our behalf, and you know the scene opens up. Jesus is at the table with his disciples, his best friends, and they have the bread they he pulls it up, and he says, "This is my body, broken for you." You took our place, and so uh pray with me and let's uh, let's focus on sacrifice at this time. God, we are so unworthy. You have done great things. We can see in history what you've gone through, the lengths that you've gone through for your people. As we take this bread that's meant to be symbolic of, of your son's broken body on the cross for us. Lord, to pray that you would focus our minds and our hearts on that end. And we thank you so much. Pray in this in your son's name. Amen. then he took the cup. To his disciples, he said, this is my blood poured out for you. That blood that covers every transgression, every thought, every action, every word. And the person who took, (laughs) the person who took that for us, became sin for us, although he did not sin. Now pray with me. Lord, help us to focus this time on the lengths that you've gone, you sacrificed your son and poured out his blood for us. We're not worthy. We're so thankful for your grace. We pray that we're able to, to focus on that blood that covers our sins uh, today and, and to take it with us for the rest of the week so that we remember who we belong to. In your son's great name, Amen.
0: of ways that you can give this morning. You can drop an offering in the box in the middle of our foyer or you can give online and options there. Uh, If you haven't been able or haven't been able to give to World Care yet, that is still an option that is part of the drop-down box if you would like to give something to that. Part of what is given each week goes to various ministries and the Missionary Executive Committee wants you to see, throughout many times this year, you're going to see videos pointing us to, uh, to some of those works. And one of those that you're going to see about today is the Khaleesanet uh, work, and that is with Nathan and Masa, and you will come to know them very well here in just a moment. Let's, uh, let's bow. Father God, thank you for using us in this place and outside of these walls. And Father, thank you for using us in other countries. May many come to know you and know your word because of what is given here. Father, continue to use us, bring more opportunities to us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, and it's in Jesus' name that we give this morning.
4: Amen. Let's watch.
5: Hello, person Christ. I'm Nathan.
4: And I'm Mahsa. On behalf of
5: our Klesonet team, thank you for your support.
4: Klesonet means church net. Our vision is to deliver the message of the gospel throughout Iran and beyond focusing on discipleship, planting house churches, and training believers and faithful servants for developing the kingdom of God. Kelisanet has served over 80 house churches. Currently, we are serving more than 20 house churches led by local leaders who are worshiping, teaching, and fellowshipping.
5: Groups of believers are sharing the story of Jesus with strangers and praying with them throughout the week.
4: Your contribution makes it possible for us to spread the good news of Jesus by distributing over 950 Bibles, 3,500 New Testaments, 7,000 books that introduce people to Christ, 150 children Bibles, in different cities and small towns across Iran.
5: Because of your support, more than 40 people were baptized into Christ, and many more, over 120 souls are considering how to grow their faith in Jesus.
4: Kelly Sonnet has hosted four conferences last year to teach, equip, and strengthen house churches and leaders. Klisanet also has an enormous social media presence for which we produce teaching videos.
5: Klisoned also helped Afghan families who moved to the United States after the Taliban came to power and distributed children's Bibles and New Testaments. Thank you again for your support.
0: many of you know Nathan and Masa as they are part of this church family, but their influence and, and is, is literally worldwide, and thank you for helping to support them. We got a prayer quilt today, and this is for Glenda Bledsoe. Bill and Glenda were probably one of the most generous families in the history of this church, and Glenda is now in assisted living and needs prayers for comfort, peace, and peace. And strength. So please do stop by the table in the foyer. Tie a knot in that quilt. Say a prayer for for Glenda, or Gigi, as she is known by many, and uh, take her name with you this week as you continue to lift her up in prayer. We have next week the fajita fundraiser. No, that's the twenty sixth coming up on the twenty sixth. Jumping the gun a little bit. Yesterday we had safe conversations here in this building and many of you came and uh, enjoyed that. Again, probably the most effective tool for communication, improving your communication in your marriage in other relationships, and so thank you uh, for supporting that as well. We'll have another one in the fall, so uh, keep your eyes peeled for safe conversations. If you know of somebody that could uh, benefit from this, please make them aware of that. All right, that's all I've got for now. Let's stand. We're going to send kids on up to Children's Church. We're going to sing one more, and Gordon's going to come up and share with us. Savior,
1: he can move
6: Call attention to Nathan and Massa, but they walked out with their kids just now to take them to children's church. But they are great examples of faith, and and I love the work that they're doing in that part of the world uh, with their with their people. And uh, their their dream is they're both American citizens now, by the way, which is pretty cool. They were able to pull that off. And uh, their dream is is to eventually move back to Iran and and help lead churches there. Uh, But right now they're doing it through the power of the internet. So. Praise God. Today we continue with our Walking in Wisdom series. And we're going to be talking about kind of a broad thing today beauty and books and the internet. And how do we filter? Because these are sources of wisdom, or at least they can be. But they require greater attention in terms of considering what to take and what to leave behind. Uh, They are sources of wisdom that perhaps uh, need to be used a little more sparingly. And so we're going to talk about that this morning as we continue this series. One of the great rivers of the world runs through India, the Ganges River. Provides water to nearly a billion people. Uh, Waters, crops there, keeps people uh, in, uh, keeps people from going hungry. And it's interesting. It's also sacred to Hindus. It's considered to be a a divine river. And so there are a number of even religious rites that go along that are connected with the Ganges River. I've got two images of the river. We'll put those up. Um, The one on the left, you know, is crystalline purity. I would dip my canteen in there if I was hiking and feel good about drinking that water. And then the other image is... It's not crystalline purity. It's polluted. It's contaminated. Those waters are, are toxic. But it's the same river. Isn't that interesting? The exact same river. Um, so there is that Ganges that is tainted and toxic, filled with industrial waste and, and human debris and garbage. And then there's the other, the source waters, Up in the Himalayas, waters that are cold and clean and life-giving. But downstream, the further you get from the source, the more polluted the waters become. And when it comes to our wisdom journey, to our quest to learn and understand and become wise... There are so many places where we can go to learn lessons. We can learn lessons from nature. We can learn lessons from literature. We can learn lessons from our church family, learn lessons from, from beauty and art, even from the internet. But as we talked about back in the beginning of this series, Scripture is, is foundational, Scripture is this word that's given to us from God to illuminate our path forward. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my way. Um, and so the source, though, even going beyond Scripture, Scripture is not God. Scripture is the word of God. The source of wisdom is God himself. And so embodied in Jesus Christ, the physical embodiment of the God that we worship, we find Wisdom in its purest form. Now, sadly and predictably, when one only goes downstream in terms of the wisdom s- search, when, one, when a person spends most of their time in these downstream sources far from Jesus, toxicity results, problems results... As Henry David Thoreau wrote, and I love this quote, he said, I believe that the mind can be permanently profaned by the habit of attending to trivial things so that all of our thoughts shall be tinged with triviality. I don't know if you remember the quote from week one from Thoreau. He said, read not the times, talking about newspapers. Read not the times. Read the eternities. And here he talks about how our minds can become polluted, profaned by the trivial, by by the meaningless. And polluted thinking happens when when we are feeding our minds on that which is not the Lord, or that which is not of the Lord. Uh, Thoreau's word profane is a good one. It has to do with the temple. That word fane in Latin is the temple. Profane means outside the temple. Um, And when the contaminated content is the only content that we have flowing into our thought lives, um, we can drift into thinking that is saturated by clickbait and notifications and social media threads, news channels with the latest political or celebrity gossip, then we have desecrated our minds. We have profaned our thinking. Colossians 3, 2. I think Thoreau, even though he wasn't a believer, uh, Thoreau sounds almost to me like he was ripping off the Apostle Paul here. Paul said, Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Read that with me, if you would. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Set your minds with Christ. Uh, We're going to have earthly thoughts every day. We have concerns in this world that we will need to address. We have relationship issues, financial issues, bills to pay. We have things going on in this world. So we will spend time thinking about those things. It's part of navigating life in the here and now. But we can choose where we set our minds. Do we set our minds on Christ, on the things of God, or do we set our minds on our notifications, social media, news channels? Now to the text. Paul is going to help us see where wisdom is sourced from and how the world doesn't necessarily agree with this. But we as believers We're focused on Jesus. The world sees Jesus as either a stumbling block or foolishness. Paul in 1 Corinthians 1, he says, For Jews demand signs. They want to see miracles. And Greeks, Gentiles, seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to Jews and folly, foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are called, that would be us, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness, listen to this, for the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. (laughs) He's pretty honest with this here. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world. To shame the strong, God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of Him, because of Him, you are in Christ Jesus. You are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, let him boast in the Lord. Mm. My favorite phrase there is a phrase that is used throughout the New Testament there in verse 30, in Christ you are in Christ. That is where you are located. We are in the world, we are not of the world. We are in Christ. He is the source for us. The source waters of redemption and sanctification and wisdom, Jesus. That's where it is. He shapes and filters. He should shape and filter everything else that crosses through our thinking on a daily basis he is verse 30 wisdom for us and so you made a choice this morning you got up you came to worship God you came to put Christ in the highest place that's a good choice And by choices like that one that you made today, other choices that we make to draw near to Christ, we are finding our true identity, who we really are in Christ. And everything else going on around us passes through that filter. When we start the day off in scripture reading, in meditation, in prayer, it's good for our soul. It's good for our thinking. It keeps profaned thinking at a distance. And keeps us holy, separated for Jesus. Remember the story of of Legion. A man possessed by a multitude of demons. His life was ruined. Ran around naked, cutting himself up. Self-destructive behaviors. But at the end of his story, I'm going to fast forward to the end of his story. You can read about it in Mark chapter 15. At the end of his story, Mark 5, 15, the townspeople come out and they find this, what they had known as a wreck of a man. They find him sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and, do you remember this phrase, and in his right mind. His right mind. We usually think of that story as this man getting kind of a life reboot. He got a mental reboot in the presence of Jesus. His thinking was cleared up and was healthy all of a sudden in the presence of Christ. As disciples that's where we're healthy. That's where our thinking is squared away when we are in the presence of Jesus. By the way I just thought I would say this this week. Many of us have dealt with mental illness either personally or there's someone in our family, and I'm using it in the broadest way possible. It could be many of us have family members who have dementia, have some kind of dementia diagnosis. It could be something from birth But something about this important part of the body, the brain, is not working correctly and it's very difficult not only to be that person with that diagnosis, but to love somebody with that diagnosis. And as I was thinking this week about being in Christ, about setting our minds on things above, I have to say I can't wait for that day of redemption when those people we love flourish as never before. When we see them as they truly are. Whether it's somebody that we loved and we lost to dementia. And it's not the same person anymore. Whether it's someone that was born with something. We will see them in their glory in the presence of Christ one day. And I cannot wait to see the fullest version of every one of us. And especially those who've been afflicted with mental illness. In the here and now. What we're going to do, as far as it depends on us, we're going to live in Christ. We're going to think and reason in Christ. He's going to be our Alpha and Omega, the author and the perfecter of our faith. So let's talk about beauty books and the internet for just a couple of minutes this morning because each of these sources that are in the world can be useful to us, can help us grow in wisdom. When we are connected to the source, when Jesus is functioning as this wisdom filter in our lives, those other sources can be very helpful to us. We can appreciate them. We can appropriate things from them and grow wiser. Beauty. Look, we were made by God to appreciate beauty. I mean, maybe it's for you looking at a piece of art. Maybe it's watching a ballet. Maybe it's, it's listening to that symphony orchestra and you just feel the chords of your heart vibrating with joy. Depth of meaning. Meaning. You are touched, you are stirred, you are inspired. Maybe it's at a Broadway show, but here's the thing. We were made to appreciate beauty. Our God is a beautiful God who built beauty into the universe. And so we sense that there's something great and noble when we sit in the presence of beauty. And if God is the creator, which we believe he is, if he's the creator of all things, then we're not going to be surprised when we get impressions of his beauty, not only in the world he made, but through people made in his image. Uh, we people some of us more than others, (laughs) are able to take some of the raw materials that God built into this universe or that he placed around us. We're capable of taking those things and creating beauty with those things. Whether it's with the set of vocal cords that God gave you and you can produce beautiful sound with those. Whether it's the, the hands that God gave you and you manipulate things that he put in the world to to plant and grow, to co, to sow, to cook. Um, and you can make beautiful things with those things that God put into the world. Look, we take the Creator's raw materials and we create. And when it is done well, it should be no surprise that it can take people somewhere. They can have deep experiences through that. The famous American revivalist preacher, Jonathan Edwards, wrote, "...all the beauty, all the beauty to be found throughout the whole creation is but a reflection of the diffused beams of the being who hath an infinite fullness of brightness and glory." There are reflections of God in the beauty that we see in the world and the beauty that we see people create, those made in his image. So let's shift from beauty to books. Let's talk about literature for a couple of minutes here. Another source of depth, another source of inspiration, another source of wisdom for us. Um, and if you're, by the way, if you're just reading stuff that you already agree with, if you're just reading stuff that you already know, then it's not going to do that. It's not going to make you wiser. But if we will explore ideas, thinking from those. Who perhaps see the world a little bit differently. We don't have to agree with everything. But if we'll go on that journey with someone who sees the world a little bit differently. It can, it can broaden our wisdom as well. It can serve our journey. Paul recognized this. The apostle Paul was an avid reader. He tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 3. Hey, next time you come. Make sure to bring my library. Make sure to bring my books and scrolls. He wanted his books. Paul quoted prominent literary figures of his time. He quoted Eratus, Menander, Epitomes, Epimenides. Epimenides. I don't think any of you have heard of him anyway, so it probably didn't matter. Epimenides. Greek poets. Think about the Old Testament. Can we really learn from books that aren't the Bible, books that maybe aren't even written by believers? Absolutely we can. Think about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In Daniel chapter 1, we read about them. They were exiles far from home in the center of the pagan world of Babylon. They were in the king's palace being trained to do uh, to do works of service in the Babylonian kingdom. And we're told in Daniel 1, 17, as for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. So we read, we read books new and especially books that are old books that get us outside of our perspective, that help us see things a little differently, that help us understand and learn and grow. These are sources of wisdom for us. You know, Daniel and his friends were immersed in the literature, in the language, in the culture of Babylon. And God was the one giving them understanding from these pagan sources of of literature and culture. Interesting, isn't it? How God steered. Again, if your mind is set on things above, if, if, if you're oriented toward God, these other things can become useful to you and God can actually use them to help steer your wisdom journey. Quote, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. Reading. Not scrolling through Instagram or Reddit. Reading lengthy texts. It takes a degree of attention that we're losing these days. It takes a degree of patience that we're losing these days, which is precisely why we need to do more of it. And while beauty and books are downstream from Jesus, you see what we're doing here. Jesus is the source, pure, uncontaminated. Jesus and the Word of God. Downstream, there are other sources that can be useful, but they become increasingly contaminated. Um, And so we have to filter those through Jesus. As a Christ follower, I always... I kind of imagine myself reading with Jesus sitting next to me, a Jesus orientation when I'm consuming literature or art. Otherwise, I will be like these poor souls who Paul describes, and he could very well be described, be describing people in our time, in our place. He says in 2 Timothy 3, 7, they are always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth they're getting more and more information all the time, and it's not getting them anywhere. We don't want to be like them. That's why we need a Jesus orientation at all times, in all places. Now, it sounds like Paul, he could have been writing about the internet surfers of today. Information, but just spinning wheels, going nowhere at all. So what about the internet? High-speed information, superhighway, uh, a a connectivity with each other that we've never had before. Uh, images and data points are constantly bombarding us every day. Much filtering is required. <laughs> Much filtering is required. There's a lot of pollution that far downstream. A lot of contamination. So watch out that you do not profane the temple of your thinking, the temple of your mind, so that you don't desecrate your thought life. Jeffrey Bilbro wrote this. An unhealthy mental diet results in a kind of intellectual bloating and discomfort. And the problem is further compounded because a diet intensifies a craving for mental junk food. The more you consume this stuff, the more you want this stuff. And he says, beware of that. Constant grazing on social media feeds and clickbait and news alerts, it can numb us to what is substantial, to what is spiritual. It can numb us to the source of wisdom and the flow of eternity in our lives. Brett McCracken said, like the fats, oils, and sweets food group atop the food pyramid, the internet and social media should be a, quote, use sparingly portion of our wisdom diet. Amen to that. On the other hand, there is good content out there on the internet Uh, wisdom can be found there I mean for the first time in history this generation has access essentially to all of the collective information and wisdom of the human race since the beginning you access that on your phone your tablet your laptop it is it is incredible it really is it's a resource like we've never had before And we can find people who have different perspectives from our own on the internet. And we need to listen to those voices. Consider what they have to say. All the while, we are in Christ. All the while, as disciples of Jesus, he is guiding the journey. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. Filtering. Filtering doesn't mean that I block the blogs and the social media account and the literature of things that I don't agree with. That's not what filtering means. It's just as, as, as the Lord gave Daniel insights through Babylonian literature and wisdom writings, the Lord can help us navigate in our culture, in our time, through all of this, to promote our journey toward wisdom. Look, the farther you get downstream from the Himalayas, the more the Ganges becomes just a river of pollution. Social media and internet are typically pretty far downstream. So much filtering is required. Now we need to finish with one other thought this morning because... Gordon, you know, if the internet is such a a cesspool, why as disciples, why don't we just walk away from it? Why would we spend time there? Because that's where the world is. And the world needs us to be salt and light on the internet and on social media. The world is hanging out there and we have a message of Jesus, of his goodness and grace that the world needs to hear and experience. So we can engage missionally, and we should engage missionally in these places. And yeah, there are some gems of truth on the internet. <laughs> As someone who holds a PhD in philosophy, I felt a connection with a post I saw this week. Let's see, they wrote, they wrote What is the difference between a social media influencer and a philosophy major? The philosophy major needs a degree to be useless. So, yeah, <laughs> kinda, it kind of stung. But I'm not going to say there wasn't some wisdom to that. Yeah, there are polluted streams. There are toxic waters out there in the digital world. And it's also a mission field. The world needs Christ's people to be present and to be engaged. So whether you are, this is where I want to finish, a prayer of Paul that I think is a prayer we should all be praying for ourselves and for our church family. Whether it is spending time in Scripture, up close to the source, or way downstream in the internet, uh, this prayer of Paul I think is a good prayer for us in Ephesians 1, 17, that we would come asking God the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give us spiritual wisdom and insight so that we might grow in our knowledge of God. Jesus is the beginning and the end for us, the Alpha, the Omega. And I want to ask you something this morning as we finish up. Is he your beginning and end? Is he the author of your salvation story? Or is it time for you to confess the name of Jesus, repent of your sins, be baptized into Christ, and begin a journey where Jesus is Lord and Savior for you? You could do that today, and we would encourage you to do that. Maybe this morning you need the prayers of this church. We would love to pray with you over you or pray with somebody around you this morning. I know there's a lot going on. We lost Jerry Bradshaw and we want to be praying for the Bradshaw family and there's a lot of other things going on. Um, If you want to know about membership here at Preston Crest, I'd love to talk with you about membership. We've got our PC 101 coming up soon next month. Uh, We can talk with you if you have questions about membership and how you can become part of this family. But right now let's do this. Let's put Our minds on the Lord. Let's set Him in the highest place as we stand together and proclaim, In Christ alone. In Christ
1: alone, my hope is found. He is my life, my strength.
2: Thank you, Gordon, and thank you, John Scott. Thank you all for being here this morning. Um, As Gordon mentioned, we've lost Jerry Bradshaw, and uh, we will be sending out information uh, to you about that, Um, be in prayer for Mary and the Bradshaw family. Lucretia Phillips also came down and is um, challenged with some cancer issues, and will be having some uh, findings this week, and we pray that uh, those will um, Uh, be favorable, and we pray for a complete and and swift healing. Tonight, I want to make sure that you remember we have a 4 o'clock devotional uh, rather than a 6 o'clock worship here in the auditorium. Um, That will allow those a lot of Super Bowl activities to go on, but we would encourage you if you are in the area to join us at 4 o'clock as well. We'd also encourage you to continue to memorize and read our Sharing the Word Scripture that we've, uh, we're going to have one a month. Um, that is really designed so it's, it's going to be an easy one for us to remember. You can use it in conversations with neighbors and coworkers and friends and those that you might come in contact with. So we would encourage you to do that. Well, this morning, uh, that's going to be read by Ren Hughes. So I'm going to hand it over to Ren and you can close us at the end.
1: Good morning. My name is Ren Hughes and I would like for you to please join me in reading our take home verse found in John verse 316. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Thank you.